Hello, fairy tale and romance fans. My name is Jess, and this is Cam Cat Unwrapped. You've been listening to The Lady or the Lion by Amna Qureshi, which has won awards in multiple categories from the IBPA Benjamin Franklin Awards and from the IPPY Awards. And today we have Amna Qureshi with us here for a virtual interview. And I'm so excited to talk to you, Amna. Thank you for being here. Hi, Jess. Thanks so much for having me. Of course, of course. So excited to talk to you about this one. This was so, I mean, such a fun read. So beautiful. The world building you've done is so, so cool. But before we get into the book, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name is Amna Qureshi, and I'm the author of the YA fantasy, The Lady or the Lion. And as you can probably tell from my writing, I love delicious food, decadent fashion, and of course, romance, all things that feature heavily in my book. When I'm not writing, I'm usually reading, and when I'm not doing that, I can often be found baking, exploring nature, or just spending time with loved ones. Oh, that's so fun. I'm just taking some notes here. Um, That's so great. So you do a lot of baking, you said? Yeah, I actually love baking. I think it's really satisfactory to make something and then see the results straight away, whereas with writing, sometimes it's a very long process. You have to wait until you can see your final result. Oh, absolutely. Do you have a favorite thing to bake? I love making cream puffs. Oh, that feels so technical. I love that that's something that you <laughs> enjoy making. I think I would be <laughs> overwhelmed by all of the different parts that come together. Yeah, it's definitely pretty technical to make, but I think it's all the more satisfying when they do turn out good um, and they taste delicious. Amazing. And yes, as you said, um, you can definitely tell in your book that there's just a lot of decadence to the whole story and, of course, to just all of the different aspects in it. Um, what made you choose fantasy as your genre of choice? So I've always been an avid reader, and I've pretty much always been drawn to fantasy as well, especially fantasy romances. I love like classic stories with kingdoms and princesses and sleeping love stories. Um, but actually, I never really saw myself reflected in those stories growing up. Most of the books I read were based on Western worlds with characters who didn't really look like me. So it was particularly special for me to write a novel that had aspects already beloved to me. And then it also drew from my culture and um, I loved pulling from my own heritage when crafting that story. Absolutely. That is so cool. I know it reminded me of a story that my grandma used to tell me. I think we had kind of talked about this a little while ago. Um, how it it just reminded me vaguely of a story my grandma used to tell me when I was little. And that's just so beautiful that you were able to pull from your own life and your own culture and, and things that were able to feel like your experience to create this again, just such a beautiful read. So much fun to, to really explore your world and feel so immersed in it. It was just such a well-written thing and really well crafted to uh to see how this world came together it was very very cool um so in what ways you said that it was inspired by your culture in what ways did you pull from your your life from your culture from you know the things that you knew to create this book what kinds of things uh were informed by your life yes yeah, so the world building was very much informed by my Pakistani heritage my parents immigrated here from Pakistan and I was born in America but 
I love visiting Pakistan. Um, and this story particularly was informed by this trip that I took to Pakistan's northern areas one summer with my family. It was a 10 day road trip from Islamabad all the way to the China border. Um, and the scenery was just gorgeous. I was immediately enthralled and just endlessly inspired throughout the trip. I spent so much time just looking out my car window and jotting down little notes and lines on my phone. And it ended up being the perfect backdrop for the story that I had in mind about this princess and her lover and this impossible decision she has to make to decide his fate. Oh my gosh. Wow. So this 10 day road trip really was uh, what inspired your story. Yes. Oh my gosh. That is so, so neat. Uh, What was that like for you? I mean, having to draw on the notes that you had from your phone to create, you know, a whole world and obviously your memory too. Uh, What was your writing process like? Yeah. So usually um, I get an idea and sort of marinated on, on it for a while. Um, Even with the lady or the lion, I had the idea about the princess and her lover and this decision that she had to make. But again, with that um, 10 day road trip that I took that, sort of helped me craft the world that would serve as the background of this story. Um, So while part of my writing process, I usually begin with the idea, then I'll take little notes and sketch out scenes and maybe write down pieces of dialogue that I want to include or relationship dynamics that I want to see. Um, Then when I have a better idea of like the plot and the characters, I'll write a very brief outline, basically just beginning, middle and end. And then when I have that in mind, I usually expand to a more detailed outline. And then once I have that, I'll actually start writing. So it takes a lot of prep work for me to actually get to the writing part. Um, But then I have so much fun when I'm drafting and feel very well prepared to actually write because I have all of that background work already done. Um, And I also like to edit while I draft. So usually when I'm done with that draft, it's in pretty good shape. Um, and then I'll always go back and do revisions. Um, and I usually revise it based on certain aspects. So I'll do like one read through focusing maybe just on dialogue or one read through just focusing on world building. And that really helps me to sort of make it into more manageable pieces. So yeah, that's a bit of my writing process. That is so neat. And that's so interesting too, because we've talked to a lot of other authors who they call themselves pantsers like they fly by the seat of their pants as they're writing they let the story tell them what to do next I love that you're a total planner I feel like I resonate with that mentality a little bit more as a planner myself I just very much need to see all of the pieces independently and watch them come together as I put them together so I love that that's your process too it sounds so organized to me it sounds very structured and nice and yeah, I, I can see how that would work for you. And you seem like a very put together. Do you feel like your writing style in any way is indicative of how you live your life? I think it definitely is. Um, even with writing, it sort of stresses me out if I don't know where the story's going or what's going to happen. And I think also in life, I'm a really big planner. I always like have my schedules planned out like months in advance or I'm always trying to make sure I know what's going on and, you know, planning for all of these things. So I think my writing process definitely reflects that. I like being in control and knowing what's happening. But at the same time, I'm also, I try to be at least flexible to change and sort of open to the story as it's, because sometimes it transforms as you're writing it. 
Um, so I try to be open to that sort of change in my writing and in life. I love that. Yes. I think that's important to have a good balance. Um, Definitely. So I, I just love that so much of this was inspired by your 10-day road trip that you said you went on. Uh, and you said that you were kind of crafting characters as you were taking notes on your phone and as you were experiencing this. Do you feel like that one trip, a lot of the story, a lot of the characters, like what parts of the characters did you form on that trip? So I think on that trip, I was just getting a lot of um, some moments and scenes in mind between some of the characters. Um, early on in the book, there's the scene where they're all walking around and um, Thurkane's hands get really cold and Asfandiar warms them for her. Um, and that's literally because my hands are always cold. Um, so that was just something that I was like, oh, let me see how I can sort of take this moment from real life and turn it into a scene and, you know, make it romantic for this romance story. Um, so just little things like that. I'm always trying to pay attention to what's going on around me or even just talking to my family members. I think everyone is so different that it's really interesting to sort of steal personality traits or snippets of dialogues from people in real life and then translate that into page and sort of see how these different characters can play and interact with one another. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So do you feel like there's one person in your life, or even if that person's you, who you feel like your characters kind of mirror? So I think when I was writing The Lady or the Lion, a lot of Durkane was based off of myself, um, just because I think I also have a tendency to be very emotional and dramatic sometimes. Um, and it's actually funny when I was writing The Lady or the Lion, I was, I think, 18 years old. So I was a similar age to Durkane. And so now when I look back, now I'm 23, um, I'll look back at it and I'll be like, oh my God, she's being so like dramatic or like she's feeling things like, so intensely. But then I have to like remind myself, no, like when I was that age, that is like how intensely you feel things. And I think that's so cool for the young adult genre that, you know, these characters you know, young adults are going through so much, but I think in the end, they manage to handle it all with such grace. And even when they're making mistakes, they're learning. I think those years are so vital for learning and building your character. Um, so that was something that I really tried to get across with Durkane, that even though, you know, she makes mistakes and sometimes makes questionable decisions, she's really trying her best and learning to be better. That's so well put. I love everything you just said about that. It really is what it's like to be a young adult. And I forgot how young you are and how young you were when you wrote this book. That's so inspirational. I feel like everybody's always saying, oh, I don't know if I could do this big thing. I could do this hard thing. And I think you are this perfect example of someone who was so is still so young and doing all the big things that so many people aspire to be doing who that so many people dream about doing. So that is very cool. Such an inspirational story. And I love that you see so much of yourself in her, but at that age too, because you're right. We are just totally different people when we are in that very, it's, it's a really transformative age where we're all just kind of figuring ourselves out and we're also being thrust into this adult world with adult responsibilities and we're still just babies ourselves. So it's yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, so 
yeah, just a very cool perspective I didn't think about before. So a lot of this sounds like it was informed by your own personal experience, but was there any research that went into writing this book? Yeah, so I did a bunch of research into the history of that region, um, the northern Pakistan area. And of course, Pakistan is a relatively new country, having been formed in 1947. But that entire region has so much history. Um, but because my novel is a fantasy and that it's set in a made up world, I didn't tie myself down to too much of the historical details because I wanted to make this world my own. Um, so I think a lot of the research that I ended up doing sort of confirmed for me what I didn't want to do or what I didn't want my world to consist of. Um, and besides that for research, I sort of just ask my relatives, like my grandparents, for cultural details. Um, I think there's a scene in the book where Dirkhane is taking um, a bath in rose water and milk. Um, and that was something that my grandmother told me that she had heard that like old Mughal queens used to do. So I was like, oh, that's such an interesting detail. I'm not sure if it's like 100% historically accurate, but it was something my grandmother told her told me that I'm sure someone had told her. So I, I really liked it and I wanted to include it. Sure. Um, and other than that, I just, I think, observe and try to pay attention, um, especially to South Asian media, like songs or dramas or Bollywood movies um, for inspiration, since all of that media, I think, has great content for drama and romance, which obviously feature heavily in my book. Yeah, absolutely. I really think that all of that that you were able to draw upon is so clear. And I love that so much of it is from your family stories and from, and I'll, I found it really interesting when you said that you um, had to do a lot of research to figure out what not to include in your story too, because I think that that's not, I mean, that's not something I've ever heard or thought even to think of um, when you're crafting a story, especially things that are not based in the real world, but that have ties to the real world. You have to be so careful about what you are portraying in that, you know, there's reality and then there's this perception uh, and then there's your book and there's all of the things that you have to keep in mind as you're putting things together in a fantasy world. I love yeah. that. It's great. <laughs> so I want to <laughs> kind of circle back around because I just thought of um, something as I kind of glanced over and saw you do have, or we have here in studio, um, your book, The Lady or the Lion, which is the book we're talking about, and then The Man or the Monster, which is the sequel, which I have not yet read, but I'm so excited to uh, delve into it in the very near future. It just came out this last fall and uh, on CamCat Books, which we're very excited about. Um, how do you feel like your writing process for this was similar or, or even different from The Man or the Monster? Because you did have such a, a clear foundation to start on this time. Yeah, so I think because the world and the characters were already existing, in one way, the sequel was, I think, really fun to play with those characters and sort of see how they grow and interact with one another. Um, but in another way, the sequel was difficult because when I was writing The Lady or the Lion, it was sort of just for myself. Um, and I didn't really have to worry about like what, how other people would receive it. But when you're writing a sequel, you already know people have read the first story and you sort of have an idea of what they enjoyed in the first story. So you want to replicate that without being repetitive um, in the sequel. 
So you sort of have to, I think, have a fine balance of, you know, pulling from those elements that people enjoyed in the first book, but adding a new fresh twist to them for the second book, which can be a little daunting sometimes. And I think I got in my head about it a lot when I was writing the sequel, um, like how people would receive it and what they would like or not like. But then I think what really helped me was to sort of take a step back and really just remember that I needed to create a story that I would enjoy. Um, And I think that is sort of should be the rule for any story you're writing. You should primarily write a story that you're proud of and that like you enjoy and that you, you know, feel like is the story that you want to tell. And then, you know, people will like it, people will not like it. But as long as you're happy, I think that's the important thing. So that's what I ended up doing with the sequel I wrote the story that I wanted to read and that I thought was a good ending to this duology. Um, and now I'm really proud of it. So I think even if people don't enjoy it, um, that's still okay with me because I'm just really proud of how it all turned out. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, that is absolutely the most important thing, making sure that you are proud of the thing that you are putting out into the world and what you're writing and the story that you are telling is being true to what you want and to who you are. So what a what a nice sentiment. I really, I, I think that's something that's going to stick with me, not as an author, but as a person. I think we get so caught up in, oh, well, what does everybody else want to hear here or see here? But if you're not telling your story your way, then what's the point? Oh, such a nice yeah, little definitely. life lesson wrapped into that. Um, and you had mentioned too that you wanted to include things that you are really passionate about and things that you uh, find interesting in the book because it's your book and you should have those things. So as you said, you can tell in the lady or the lion, you have a lot of fashion and, and delicious food and like all sorts of really interesting things that kind of come together in the book. Um, I know also that you do a lot of like empowering work and, and things just kind of in the women empowerment sphere and I feel like that comes across in you know just how Durkin is setting out on her own and and really like trying to figure things out for herself as well so what uh parts of your experience in that did you feel like you were able to draw on for your book yeah so I think that's an, a really important theme that I wanted to get across in both the lady or the lion and the man or the monster just this character who is trying to find her own way in the world and trying to understand, you know, what her morals are and what she believes is right. Um, so I think I definitely drew on my own experiences as a young adult from that because especially in, you know, Pakistani culture, it's very like common for, you know, children to just obey their parents almost blindly. Um, but I think it's really important for you or for anyone to sort of, you know, respect tradition and respect you know what your grandparents and your parents have taught you and done but also sort of use your own critical thinking and come to your own conclusions Um, because of course the world is ever changing and while tradition of course has its own merits um, we also should be adaptable and open to change and you know open to adjusting our ideas I don't think we should hold on to tradition just for the sake of tradition that you know, over like hundreds of years, our family has just operated this way. But then maybe the way that it has operated doesn't really make sense anymore. And that's something that Durkhanay really grapples with, Um, you know, as a princess and 
as her journey, you know, pushes forward and the manner of the monster, especially, she needs to sort of decide what sort of leader she wants to be for her people and, you know, what sort of person she wants to be outside of just the confines of what her grandparents expect of her or, you know, what maybe the other nobles expect of her. She needs to become her own person and really decide what type of person that's going to be. Oh, I That's such a poignant message, I feel like, being able to take all of this information that we've had forever and information that's incoming and be able to incorporate them to make your own decisions and to uh, to figure out how you want to live your life and do things the way you want to do. I, I love it. I just, one of the reasons that I loved your book was just it felt so um, real to being 18. <laughs> Um, and, and making all of those decisions, having to keep in mind, this is the way that things have been done. I want to be mindful and respectful of those things, but also I have to be true to myself and honor what I have to do and, and need to do and want to do. Um, it, it's a, almost coming of age vibes, which I think is kind of the idea anyway. But um, yeah. <laughs> so I want to shift gears just a little bit um, because Everybody who has been, is listening to this podcast and myself included have been listening to the audiobook of this. What was it like for you listening to the audiobook the first time, hearing your words come to life maybe for the first time? Um, what was that experience for you? It was incredibly surreal for me um, because, of course, when I'm writing the story, it sort of exists only in my head. Um, so when I was listening to the narrator, Dipti Gupta, like recite it back and she's like phenomenal she's an, an incredible narrator um so it was just so surreal for me that it sort of felt almost completely separate from you know something that I had created um and it was just so cool to listen to and I'm actually not a big audiobook person um I don't really listen to audiobooks but the way that she narrates it is just like so incredible I it was such an enjoyable experience listening to it and it was also, I think, sort of cool for me to interact with my own story in a different way through the narration and sort of get a different, I sort of had like a reader's experience of it in a completely separate way rather than just the writer's experience. That's such an interesting thing. I never thought about that. You really get to be immersed in your own world that way. That was one thing that I really loved about Deepthi's um, narration of it was feeling so just immersed in the story and in the world. And it felt so surreal, I think is the word you used. And I think that is the perfect word. It felt very, you know, immersive. Um, and that was, that's very cool. And I love that you were able to see it from an audience's perspective, uh, which is such a unique experience, I think, too, especially as an author, getting to not only see your words and know, okay, I wrote this, you know, these are my words, but hear them read to you must have been so great. Yeah, it's really cool, especially because, you know, of course, I love writing, I am a writer, but I also love reading, and I'm a really big reader. So to be able to sort of experience it again as a reader, I think really adds to the story for me. Well, especially since you said you're not a huge audiobook person. So to be able to kind of read in that sense where you're reading your work, but you're doing it in this way that um, that you really get to uh, experience it like it's the first time, which 
Yeah, oh, definitely. That's so special and great. Speaking of alternate forms of um, ways to consume your own media, uh, this is a question that we've been asking some of our authors, and it's just a really fun one for me. And I think for you guys, hopefully, too, um, if your book were to be made into a movie, do you have any idea of actors that you would want to cast? So this is a great question that people actually ask me often, and I usually don't have a good answer to it, but I think that I love um, Kata William Sterling for Espandiar. He was in Sex Education, and I think he just did a great job, like, overall with the way that he acts and then of course he's so handsome um and further from there I think Hanya Amr would be really great she's actually a Pakistani actress who I think has great range with the way she displays her emotions and I think she would handle a lot of the nuances of Durkhanae's emotions really well but it's so funny that you say that you kind of weren't really sure who you would want to be cast as that because I don't know I think as I'm reading I have a, a kind of blurry interpretation of who I'm seeing as the story in my head plays out. But as you are the one who's creating these characters, someone else I talked to recently, I, I think it was probably Gabe, correct me if I'm wrong, Brian Prosek um, had said something similar to the effect of like, I don't, it's my character. I created it. I don't really have, like, I have a face in my head, but that doesn't necessarily match anybody that I've seen or that I could, or who would be able to play this character. So do you feel like that's kind of where you are too, where the, you can see her really clearly in your head, but she doesn't look like any, or, you know, Asfandiar doesn't look like anybody um, either who you can picture. Yeah, I think even, even when I read, I never picture exact people for the characters I'm reading about. It's always, like you said, a sort of blurry image. So I think even when I'm writing, I never have like an exact like reference point in my head for who I'm thinking of them. And I think that's also true how I think you were saying, Brian was saying that, you know, maybe the person for these characters isn't someone you've ever seen before. I think it would, I would imagine them to be like somebody completely brand new. Um, that like maybe I haven't seen act before. Well, I also think, you know, you've created everything else in the book. You've created this world. You've created all of the problems. You've created the families. Your pro brain is probably creating these characters from scratch, too. So uh, I, I, that's how I, I think I'm going to think of it from now on when people are like, oh, I can't think of anybody I would cast. Well, yeah, of course. It's like a brand new person who doesn't exist. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so like I said before, we have both the Lady of the Lion here and the Man of the Monster, which is out now on Kim Cat Books, both of them on uh, available on KimCatBooks.com. Um, what can you sort of sneak peeks can you tell us about the Man of the Monster? So the Man of the Monster, I think, was really fun for me to write just because the way that the Lady of the Lion leaves off at the end sort of everything is a mess and sort of, yes. So picking up off of that with the man or the monster and sort of grappling with sort of the mess that I created at the Lady of the Lion. Um, it was hard for me to write in the beginning. Um, but then when I sort of figured it out, I really had a lot of fun with it. And I think readers will enjoy it. There's definitely a lot of ups and downs. Um, and hopefully you can experience a lot of the same fun elements from the first book. 
know, romance and drama and hopefully a lot of politics and court intrigues and things like that. Um, those should all also be present in the manner of the monster. Um, and I think just the romance was, the romance is always, I think, the most fun for me to write in the Lady of the Line and in the manner of the monster. So I really enjoyed um, a deeper element of the romance and like the way that it developed further in the manner of the monster. There's like very little I can say without spoiling things, but um, yeah, what I've heard from readers is that the manner of the monster makes you experience every emotion possible and that it's a roller coaster. So you have that to look forward to. Um, you had said that you felt like you kind of had to piece together some things that you left on a cliffhanger for The Lady or the Lion. Did you feel like you kind of knew how you had wanted the overarching story to end when you wrote The Lady or the Lion? Or did you kind of completely have to like, okay, how am I going to piece these together so that I can come to some sort of ending for The Man of the Monster? Yeah, so when I was when I was writing The Lady or the Lion, I knew what decision that I wanted their finale to make, and I sort of had a vague idea of what the consequences of that decision would look like, but I didn't really have an idea beyond that of how things would wrap up. So that was actually something I had to explore when drafting The Man or the Monster, and I um sort of outlined a few different possibilities and you know, tr- sort of tried to see where the story could go and what it would look like um, before I arrived to my sort of final conclusion. And then I think it was sort of like an aha moment for me when I did sort of figure out what the ending of The Man or the Monster would look like. Um, and now I was just like so excited when I sort of really figured it out. And writing is such a slow sort of process where when I was drafting it, you know, last year and I figured it out, I was like, oh, I want like, people to read this like immediately because I was like oh this is so clever like I want people to read it automatically but of course I had to wait you know to write it and then edit it and then now it's finally out um and I'm really happy with how it all turned out that's fantastic yes I'm so excited to read it like I said I love the lady or the lion so much so very excited to see how it all comes together again in the man of the monster and um I, I love that you are just like, yes, I'm so excited. I'm so uh, pleased with my writing and, and want everyone to see how it came together. Oh, that's so great. Um, you had said something that made me think of another question for you. And I was just so like immersed in listening to your answer that I forgot what that question was. But um, something you had said earlier made me want to ask you a different question that you do not have to answer because it is a little bit personal. Um, but being such a fan of romance, are you drawing it all from your personal experience in any of these romantic, you know, moments or, you know, you even mentioned your hands are always cold and Asfandiar warms Durkinay's hands because her hands are cold. Um, is any of that true to your real life? So I think, um, a lot of the emotions that Durkinay experienced, I did base off of personal experience, um, just I think when you're a young adult and you have those feelings for someone they feel very all-consuming and they're incredibly intense so I've definitely sort of felt a lot of the emotions that Durkinay has um as for a lot of like the specific scenarios I wouldn't say those are exactly drawn from personal experience um a lot of it was just really fun for me to sort of concoct and you know in between all this like political drama going on and court intrigues how can these characters sort of, you know, 
build these romantic moments in the midst of all of that and in the midst of all of those tensions and you know sort of it's already forbidden they really shouldn't be seeing each other um but they still find these moments together and they're sort of inexplicably drawn to one another and really can't stay away from each other um so yeah <laughs> oh, that's so fun I'm so glad that you were able to pull so much of Dirk and I from yourself and from you know being that age yourself it's so interesting because I think so many people who write young adult or who write characters who are based on either completely different people than themselves or um, just younger versions of themselves while I think that they are still well written a good amount of the time um, it's always so interesting for me to hear their thought process and oh I had to think back to when I was that age you didn't have to do that you really got to draw on your current personal experience then to inform the story which I think is such a unique experience to be able to do as a YA author so that is yes and even sometimes when I'm like looking back when I was editing or um you know going through like a read through or something like that I almost wanted to you know edit some of those emotions out or make it less intense um, just because now, you know, as a 23 year old, I'm like, oh, that's not really, you know, how I would feel or how I would react. But then I have to remind myself, no, like when, you know, you were 18, 19, 17, whatever, like, that was just how intense things used to feel. And I have to remind myself to, you know, leave all of that in there, because it is primarily for the young adult audience. And I think that's something that, you know, young adults will be able to relate to. Yeah, I was just about to say, as soon as you said that, it's it's very relatable. It's very, you know, it, it, it's very intense, but that is the nature of that kind of story. And that's the nature of that phase of life, too. Um, intense, I think, you was the word you used a couple times. And I think that's, again, right on the nose, perfect. Um, so that is so great. And uh, we are getting ready to wrap up now. So before we go, what are you reading right now? So right now I'm reading Evie Dunmore's Bringing Down the Duke. It's a historical romance set in Victorian England and a part of her League of Extraordinary Women series that I absolutely adore. I've actually read this book probably 10 times, um, but I love rereading it. Yeah, it's a really lovely romance. And I think the dynamic is a little bit similar to Asfandiar and Durkhanes, where the main characters sort of push each other and bring the best out in each other. I love that. Do you feel like you read a lot of romance and draw a lot of your kind of romantic inspiration from that? Yes, I think I definitely am drawn to stories that have strong romance elements in them. And I think I'm always sort of just absorbing all of these different dynamics and different moments and things and trying to see how I can, you know, add my own twist to them or make them my own. I love that. That's so beautiful. Okay. So Amna, how can we find you? What's your social media, your website, anything that we can use to keep in touch with what you're up to? Yes. So my website is my name, amnakureshi.com. I'm also active on Twitter where my handle is amnakureshi underscore. And I'm also active on Instagram where my handle is amna underscore kureshi. Amazing. Well, it was so, so lovely chatting with you, Amna. Thank you so much for coming on with us. I was trying to say chatting and talking at the same time. It was really <laughs> lovely chatting with you. <laughs> yeah, I had a lovely time. Thank you so much for having me. 
Of course. And to the listeners at home, you can find The Lady or the Lion and The Man or the Monster both available now in ebook, audiobook, and print formats on our website, camcatbooks.com. You can find Camcat Unwrapped on all major podcasting platforms, or you can watch us on our YouTube channel. And make sure you follow us on Instagram at camcatbooks. Thank you so much for tuning in and unwrapping another one of our books to live in with me. This has been so much fun, you guys. My name is Jess, and I'll see you all next time here on CamCat Unwrapped.